Welcome to Legacy Women's Podcast, where we seek to encourage women in their relationship with God and one another through monthly conversations with the women of Cornerstone Church of Knoxville. Hello, and thanks for listening to the podcast. Today, I'm sharing a panel discussion from a VFC, that's Volunteers for Christ, Cornerstone's campus ministry. It's from one of their ladies' nights on the topic of relationships. Michelle McKinley, Jesse Cantrell, and I got to go to campus this spring to participate, and the questions that Maddie Minnelli and her fellow interns came up with were so good that I thought the conversation might make a great podcast. So special thanks to them for making my job easy and allowing me to multitask and also to Bria Bannister, who you will hear leading the discussion. A lot of people here may recognize you, but probably don't know who you are. So briefly, will you just walk through who you are, what you do, um, and how you kind of came to Cornerstone? Um, I'm Jessie Cantrell, and I um, right now I have three little ones at home. Um, the oldest is four, and this one is due in July. Um, so I'm busy with them. I worked um, in like social welfare kind of work before, um, or when my second one came. I stopped working, so I've kind of done some work, and I've been at home, and um, I've been in Knoxville for eight years. My husband went to VFC and was an intern after, and we got married a couple years after his internship, so that's when I moved to Knoxville. Cool. So I'm Michelle McGinley, and I came to Knoxville to go to school at UT and became a Christian through VFC, and so that's how I ended up at Cornerstone, and uh, yeah, and God's kept me here ever since. I'm Bethany Shipp, and I'm realizing how alike Jesse and I are. Um, I also married a former intern who is a bivocational pastor at the church, Kevin. I have three kids, ages two to seven, and came to CCK through Kevin, through marrying him. And I, um, I'm a physical therapist and um, stay home with my kids now. We're going to start off by talking about relationships. So my first question for you guys is, how have friendships and fellowships with, fellowship with other Christians, both men and women, affected your walk with God? Can you start on that? Um, I can honestly say that uh, I would not be who I am without the effect of godly friends. And um, I would not, I would be less godly and love the Lord less, um, probably would have made a lot of horrible mistakes without the influence of godly friends around me, especially in my formative years, high school and college. And so I can say they have made all the difference in my life. I think with, uh, so my, I'm the only Christian in my family. And so my relationships really have been my family spiritually. And it just, I think I wouldn't have, I know that the Lord keeps us, but coming to how I've walked with God and grown, it's all been because of the people who've also been around me to encourage me and to spur me on. And then even even now, the people who are around me, they, we're all different, reading different things and we're throwing mm-hmm. at people going, hey, did you hear this or did you read that? And I see that as grace and like spurring me on even more. Mm-hmm. So my walk with God has definitely been just so spurred by the people who are around me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've definitely had a season when uh, after college for about two years where I wasn't in Christian um, community at all. 
and my life was just mirrored it really well like everything was much more it was just darker in in so many ways and then um but like cornerstone has one of the things i think our church is really strong and it's fellowship with each other and it took me even like maybe two years to really want to invest in that and it's just blessing you know Mm -hmm. like you get to learn each other's weaknesses and learn how to be weak with other people and um be encouraged in a way that non-christians don't know how to encourage you with truth that can actually Mm -hmm. encourage you to like lift your eyes off a situation and look to god when my non-christian friends could never encourage me that way so um it's without it you just it's just really hard not to walk well I think yeah. in the Christian life so it's so good one of the things I wanted to ask you guys is how do you think about how did you think about friendships just before you were a Christian um, and how do you think about them differently now um that's a good question um I think I was a kind of born into a Christian home and um, so I had a lot of close Christian friends but it was really my time outside of college that was and in college too was harder my friendships were you know based mostly on like mutual interests and things um, that we had in common which is fun and great but there's a level of of Oh no, Christian friendships are so much different. There's a commitment that you can have with other Christians to you both, if you both understand grace well, you know how to like go through hard things together. You don't have to be afraid to be weak. You don't have to be afraid to, um, yeah, you just have a community of people that can encourage you with truth, like I was saying, in a way that non-Christian friends can't do. And it's what we need is, I don't, I don't know, it's just so valuable. And it is totally different. Like, life with a Christian friends is different than my life with my non-Christian friends. Um, and it's good to have non-Christian friends, too, of course. But Christian friends are just invaluable to a Christian. So. I think um, my tendency with before I became a Christian was I really needed people and so Mm -hmm. I I looked to people a lot to to be Mm -hmm. um, I was very people oriented so um, that versus trying to figure out how to say it so but as a Christian we know that we're made for God and so that's who we um, you know that's the hole in our hearts it's a God shaped Mm -hmm. hole that's that God fills and he's the only one who can but we try to fill that with all these other things and so as as a non-Christian there's really that um, just tendency to try to fill that with something. Mm-hmm. And I tried to fill that with people. And so that aspect of relationship was just you look for people that could never satisfy you. Yeah, and so versus as a believer, you know, God fills us. Mm-hmm. And our friends are people who are walking this same path with us and encourage mm-hmm. us in that way. But they're mm-hmm. not to take the place of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't remember what I thought about friends when I was six, because <laughs> um, I became a Christian at a young age. Um, and I think for me, my biggest kind of reckoning with friendship and what it really means was more post-college and just 
um, I think I had a lot of aligning of what friendship, I had ideas of what friendship should look like and, and must look like that, that changed after I left college. So I think just for me, friendship over time has been aligning it more with scripture and, and a biblical perspective and just kind of biblical principles as opposed to kind of preconceived ideas of what I just was like, this is what friendship has to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I've thought more about friendship since leaving college. Mm-hmm. So good. Um, so let, Bethany, can you talk a little bit more about just you talking about biblical principles of friendship and can you talk about more why do we need friendships? Why not just fly solo? How does the Bible kind of address those things? Um, Why are they necessary in our lives? Well, I think we are relational beings because God is relational. Mm -hmm. So God's a trinity, and he exists in fellowship with himself. And yes, this will blow your mind to think about (laughs) it too much, but it's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They're in fellowship with one another. They have intimacy and, and relationship with one another. And so because we're made in his image, that's, we reflect that, and I think we just naturally have a desire to be in relationship with others, and he made us that way. And so um, I think the biblical perspective that comes in, particularly with the gospel, is just our relationships are to bring glory to God and um, show the love of Christ and um, just be full of the one anothering that you see in the New Testament to one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Our relationships, and then also toward non-believers, just wanting to welcome them into the relationship we have with God and one another. And so I think the Bible has a lot to say about relationships of all kinds, um, and really is kind of ultimately about relationship, first with God and then with one another for all eternity. So <laughs> it's a big topic in Scripture. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. Anyone want to add to that? no no I mean solo Christianity just doesn't isn't meant to exist you know Mm. um I tried that and so many people try it where you get burnt burnt that's a you know I got burnt by the church or and you think that you can do it by yourself and it's just not how we were designed and what God and it's not how he intended us to walk because you know he did design us for fellowship with one another and um but not to, you know, replace him because only he satisfies us ultimately. Um, but when you try solo Christianity, it's there is a place where you're not that you can. It can be like an almost an arrogant thing where you think you can do it on your own, and you just can't. And there's a humility that's involved when you can like just submit to the word and say, "I trust that God's." right about this even if you're an introvert I'm an introvert but I could be home all day I'm like I need fellowship one because I know God says I do and because so I'm going to pursue it even if it's uncomfortable or even if it's not my like favorite thing sometimes but he changes your heart you can pray that he will and he and it's just a blessing to be with other Christians and, mm-hmm. um, so don't try to do it by yourself you can't <laughs> did um that did bring to mind like thinking about christ being the chief cornerstone and then in uh first peter 2 just says as you come to him a living stone rejected by men but in the sight of god chosen and precious you yourselves like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house Mm -hmm. and so that's not a a stone out in the middle of the field Mm -hmm. by itself that's a we are being built together yeah so 
and also for perseverance, like doesn't pull, like spur one another on. You know, it's like we're he wants us to like keep encouraging each other, and you can't do it if you're just trying to do it alone. That's so. so good. So. For what about the girl that says, okay, I feel like I have a lot of friendships. Um, I know a lot of people, um, but I don't, th those are not deep relationships. How do you encourage that girl? Um, how, how would you encourage her to pursue and maintain um, relationships, godly friendships? Um, it's a good question because it's really easy for me to have like very surfacey friendships and not try to dig in deep because then they'll know all the, you know, the hard stuff in me. and um, But it's worth it. Um, it's good to be known by other people, especially by other godly women. Um, and so one thing you can do if your hearts, if you feel like there's a hesitation there, is just pray and ask God that he would help you desire that and bring or bring that friendship to you. Um, you can pursue that friendship you don't have to like just wait for it to come, but you can go find someone you think might work, you know, might be a good match and just start, you start initiated, just mm -hmm. ask them good questions, just um, draw them out and listen to them and, and then a natural friendship that's a little deeper might, um, might begin. And if you don't know like, those good questions to ask there's actually books that can help you ask good questions that are like heart probing questions so um don't let those kind of things stand in your way from you know diving in deep with somebody because that those deep friendships um take time and it might you might be rejected by a couple people first or it might not work out but don't give up and just keep keep trying um well i just think mile wide and an inch deep so when you know mm -hmm. a lot of people you can only go I mean you've only got so many minutes in the day so um, I wouldn't say don't have lots of friends but pick a couple yeah. don't don't think that I can have 20 best friends that's yeah. not physically possible I mean you guys are students so that's a full-time job all in itself <laughs> and you're doing VFC and you're trying to do all these other things so um, pick a cute pick a few and pray mm -hmm. and even pray together I think that spurs if if the other person is interested and willing i think that spurs depth in a way that um, other things don't yeah i think that's good i think i saw a study a couple years ago after all the facebook friends and you have all these friends but are they really your friends and i think i'm going to get the numbers wrong but it was like most humans can only have like three to five close friends and like 10 to 20 like sort of close friends like we just have less of a capacity for deep friendships than I think we think we have sometimes um, in terms of you know the really close friends and then you know friendships of different kinds and I think for me one of the biggest lessons that I am learning is being comfortable with a lot of different types of friends and I think we all crave like this picture perfect like relationships where we have these cup friends that we are like constantly like seeing all the time and sharing deeply and you know we've probably had those friends before and we crave that again but I think in scripture there's not necessarily this picture of like 
okay, you've got your 10 friends for life that you, it's a much broader picture of relationship. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think part of being a gospel community and a missional community is just realizing like friendships are going to change. You'll go deep with some and they'll move on and your friendships will change. God will bring new people for you to invest in. And I've gotten comfortable with that over the years. I was not comfortable with it like early on. I was like, I just want like, I want it to look a certain way. Um, but I, I, I've, I've grown in appreciating that, that I've got friends. Like, I consider Jesse and Michelle friends. But if you saw how much we hung out, you'd be like, really? We're like, we get to hang out. But um, I think, and, and as far as pursuing depth, like, it's, it's fellowship. Like, it's fellowship, mm-hmm. which is sharing your life in Christ together. And, mm-hmm. and so we can do that when we're together, share our lives together and, and share deeply and truly and encourage one another. And so even though we don't get to hang out very often, when we do, it's always encouraging and fun. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I think that's still meaningful and valuable in God's kingdom because we're being built up with one another. And I love watching their lives from afar and waving from across the mm-hmm. church sometimes <laughs> as we corral children. But, um, yeah, I would just say friendships may not look like this picture you have in your mind, but they can mm-hmm. still be deep and wonderful and broad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then pray for God to give you those couple of really close friends that you can be deep with. Yeah. Um, let's talk about accountability. It kind of like is a buzzword, I think. People can be like, yeah, we're accountability. So what, what, is, what is accountability? How do we get it? Take some time and answer that. I think um, accountability is, you know, telling somebody, hey, I need help in this area, and can you keep me, hold me accountable on that, ask me questions about it, you know, um, and do that over time regularly. So I've had the opportunity to regularly meet with girls over pretty much most of my Christian life, not the same girls. Because like you said, everything is seasonal and things change and people's seasons change and they leave or people come. And and so accountability is sitting down and going, how are you? And really wanting to know and then being mm-hmm. willing to tell you. And different, there are different kind of perspectives on it too. You can just sit there and talk about life or you can be like, here's where I've sinned and this is where I'm really struggling. And can you ask me about this? Um, trying to think of examples and of course my mind goes blank Um, but when I've had troubles at work and I'm you know whether I came to accountability one night and I'd had a had a meeting where this girl just really made me angry that no the girl didn't make me angry but I became angry at this girl (laughs) and so it just revealed a lot of things in my own heart and so talking to them and allowing them to see me in my less than perfect state and then to ask me hard questions. Mm -hmm. So it is that vulnerability aspect Mm -hmm. of of being able and willing to stand in front of someone or sit on the couch with someone and just say, this is what's going on and being willing for them to ask you, Mm -hmm. well, what did you mean when you said that? Or what did you think, what was your, what was going on when that happened and you said those words? Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a valuable tool. Mm -hmm. We you know, we don't see, we have big blind spots. 
but your people who are walking with you, they see you a lot more clearly than you do yourself. So it is Mm -hmm. super good to have people around you to live life and ask hard questions and love you. That's loving you, especially, you know, those people who know Jesus, they're Mm -hmm. loving you and the love they're loving you with is from the Lord, right? Mm -hmm. So their desire is to see you become more like God. Mm -hmm. So all of that is just golden. That's really good. Um, I was saying the same thing. It's like we can't see all our sin. All you know, we're blinded by our sin. And um, but as Christians, we don't want sin in our life. And so, we being able to be accountable to someone that you trust, who's gonna like Michelle was saying, like encourage you with the word and help you and point you to truth or sh- or ask you those questions that can reveal sin is what you want as a Christian because you don't want to sin anymore. Like you don't want to do those things and accountability is a way you can just be very humble and, um, and, and, and just have someone to help you through something. Um, someone else praying with you through something is like, it's easy to not think that or not put as much power in prayer as you think there is but like prayer is so valuable and so effective and so important and um it changes us and so having someone pray with you for specific things or general things or just on an ongoing basis um is just worth it if so um but yeah yeah i think that's great and I think as far as how to get it, um, in college, I, it, accountability was a thing back in my day, too. And um, I literally, like, went up to a girl in small group that seemed godly and was like, hey, do you want to be my accountability partner? <laughs> and I would say that's also a great way to get friends if you want a deep relationship because she, to this day, I just I love her. And all the girls that I would have considered accountability partners have become very dear friends. Um, and so I would just say be intentional about it and ask. And it doesn't have to be intense. You're just sharing your life in Christ, and that does involve confession mm-hmm. and rebuke and encouragement and prayer and all of the things that you guys just shared about. Um, so I think pursue someone and be really humble with them. I have a follow-up. Is, is there someone you would encourage us to ask specifically? Um, Someone who seems really godly. <laughs> um, that's a good question. Or someone who loves God's word, I think, is a good person to ask. You know, who's not just trying to give you their advice, because um, we all have wrong advice, but we trust God's word to be true. And so, and even if they don't know the answer, they can just like open the word together and just pray that He'd help. <laughs> so that's a good person to ask. They don't have to have like all the right answers and or be a million times smarter than you but just someone that will go to God's word with you I think is a safe bet (laughs) so someone who's intentional in their faith Mm. so yeah yeah Yeah. that's good I think um, one thing I would say is when you are just looking for someone to have as an accountability partner or to fellowship with um, you probably don't want to ask like you, you probably if you want accountability and I just am struggling in gossip or slander. You probably don't want to ask someone who's, like, also struggling in that same thing. Um, it's probably wise to 
ask someone who's really, really strong where you're weak. Um, and I think that that definitely is a godly person, someone who's really intentional, but even someone who you specifically see, like, this person's really strong in an area that I want to grow, um, is probably really wise to ask. Um, so one thing I wanted to ask is, have you ever gone through a time of examining the health of your friendships? Um, just how do you know if your friendships are really reflecting aspects of a healthy, Christ-centered um, relationship? Um, and what scriptures or books or sermons um, have helped you understand friendships? It's a good question, because um, in college, I don't think I really evaluated my friendships well, <laughs> and after college, I definitely didn't. And one, like, more, I can look back and see, like, my Christianity looked a lot more like the world. I, um, and that's kind of like, oh, that makes sense because I wasn't walking with really Christian friends, and so my personal things weren't really aligning with Scripture anymore, anyway. So I think when you feel like your faith isn't you know, aligning with scripture and that's how your friends are too, then there could be like a disconnect between what a, there might not be a healthy relationship um, to consider as like your inner circle of like trusted friends that you want to like grow and grow with. I'm not talking about, you know, um, you know, we all have unsaved friends, too, and um, our friendships with them look, do look different than our friendships with our Christian friends. But um, I think a healthy friendship is one that encourages you in Christ, and you can be vulnerable with each other and um, not be afraid to, um, you know, if you hurt each other, you give each other grace, and you know how to, like, forgive and love well and point each other to Christ. So, um books and things books on friendships um I know they're like habits of grace talks about it for like a chapter and it's helpful like asking those questions to help draw people out um and side by side I think is one that is helpful well I was thinking about how do I know my relationships go wrong I tend to feel that a lot more mm -hmm. than I do like and just we're hitting conflict regularly. What's going on here? Why am I, why are we fighting? What's, what's, what's underneath that? You know, how do I, um, you know, what's, what was the situation? Are we, you know, am I spending too much time with this one person and I'm not diversifying or am I upset? And I think I'm answering something, getting ahead of questions and stuff. But I think with like healthy versus unhealthy, like the example you talked about with gossip might actually be a really good example. Maybe you guys, there's this person that both of you don't like and you end up talking about this person all the time. Well, that's not healthy and that's, that's really not good. right. And so how do you change and, you know, shift from that? And there's definitely repentance mm -hmm. and then, um, which God gives forgiveness when you, when you repent. Um, and then there's just the, the work that comes into putting, putting off the gossip and working, you know, talking with your friend. Hey, what did you think about that? Was that the right thing to do? Um, you know, or how can we not do this? What What's the situation that spurs this on mm -hmm. in us, you know? And then how can we love in that situation? Is there a way we can change that into action to love that person rather than gossip about them if it's something that you don't like? Um, 
So that's kind of like, I, I think as we walk in relationship with people, we're gonna mess up and then mm-hmm. we're gonna, invariably that involves conflict somewhere. And so it, that is kind of a check, I think, on mm-hmm. examining your, your friendship when you have conflict. Mm-hmm. So. Um, as far as evaluating friendships, Kevin and I, um, I don't know, maybe quarterly or twice a year, it varies, but we will kind of take a look at the landscape of our relationships and kind of have categories of where is God calling us in, in our relationship? Because we, we do, we're the like mile wide people. And, um, and so kind of like who, who is God calling us to minister to? Like who is God put in our life that we can encourage? Um, who are the people we're in ministry with? So like our small group, like these are important relationships we want to invest in. Who do we just like? Like it's okay to just like your friends. And so we have people that are just encouraging and fun, and we just want to hang out with them because it's encouraging and fun. And hopefully all of your friends are, but, you know, some are more than others. And um, we think about that, like who, who have we not hung out with in a while that we want to hang out with? Um, you know, who are we reaching out to with the gospel? Who are the unsaved people, mainly in our neighborhood? Like how can we invest there? Um, mentoring, like who, who could mentor me? Like who am I pursuing for wisdom? Who could I mentor? You know, who's younger than me that I could encourage them? Um, and so I think having those kind of categories helps you kind of have a biblical or a healthy perspective on your relationships where it's hopefully kind of missional and gospel centered. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, as far as resources, I, I don't really know. I know there's like several new books on friendship that have come out, but I've not read them. So I, I can't recommend, but I would say do a word study on the phrase one another, um, hmm. because yeah. it will give you what, what relationships yeah. and friendships look like, like love one another, build one another up, rebuke one another, serve one another, mm-hmm. encourage one another. Um, you know, you'll just, that's what I would recommend doing. Mm-hmm. I think it'll mm-hmm. help you know how to be a good friend. So, yes, I'm playing my phone, but I'm looking up an article. <laughs> so the Gospel Coalition just did an article called The Secret to Strong Friendships. Yeah. And so I would say take a look at that. I believe it was by Kristen Weatherall, and I thought it was very helpful. Um, actually, it talks about accountability. I forwarded it to my accountability partners mm-hmm. and went, hey, we need to think about some of these things. Mm-hmm. So that um, was good. Um, I think one book I was thinking of was Relationships, A Mess Worth Making. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tim Lane and Trip. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that transformed. I I love this topic of friendships because it is like part so much a part of my testimony, Um, but it just like transformed how I thought about relationships and their purpose and God's design for friendships and um, just all of those things. It totally transformed that. So I'd recommend that one to you. Um, one, pos- one potential sign of a lack of health in a relationship is codependency. So we're, we're defining codependency as where the happiness of both people depend on the other person. Um, so what are signs that we might be looking to a relationship for security, and how can we fight against this codependency? Well, I'll jump in and say probably the, the first thing, like signs of that would be expectations not being met and when your expectations are not met how do you respond and so does that really wreck you Um, that's a big if you don't handle that way well or if you if this person goes off and does something without without you 
and you don't get to go and do that, mm -hmm. does that affect you? Like, what's mm -hmm. going on in your heart when uh, you guys are not doing the same thing? Mm -hmm. um, what was the other? Uh, how do we fight against that? I think, A, be encouraged that the ability to see that is from the Spirit, okay? Mm -hmm. And so what do we have to do is that you have to repent. You fall on mm -hmm. your knees and you repent mm -hmm. and you ask for forgiveness from the Lord and then you just cry out for help. Mm -hmm. um, because we are all sinners mm -hmm. and we mess up. Um, but And God knows that. And so he's, you know, when we come to him, he forgives us and cleanses us from all sin. Um, so there's hope in the gospel mm -hmm. to be able to change. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it takes time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing that I would highly recommend. Um, I'm trying to think about what happens after that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, um, I think you need to be able to give that other person space to do other things. And I think if you are centered around someone else, then you have to change that habit because some of that's a habit to you. And like who, who else is in your sphere of people that you can spend time with and be honest and ask for help through prayer. I mean, all of that is really, I mean, I think that's, these are just steps, but mm -hmm. the first and primary is that the spirit empowers us for change. And so just run to the Lord run to the Lord, run to the Lord. Just mm -hmm. continue that. Um. Yeah, and along with that, I'd just say, mm -hmm. seeking to find your joy and satisfaction in the Lord, which can seem so abstract, um, but that really is the remedy um, because codependency is probably just idolatry. And um, and even in a good, like marriage is supposed to be tight. You're supposed to be one and, you know, your husband should be your best friend and confidant and you should get a lot of satisfaction out of that relationship. But even in marriage, if Kevin replaces God and mm -hmm. I'm finding my ultimate joy and satisfaction in him, mm -hmm. that puts too much pressure on him and our marriage. And, um, and so it's so important that, regardless of the relationship, that our ultimate satisfaction and joy is found in God. Um, and, and, and then we view these relationships as gifts from God. And we can truly enjoy them as a gift from God, not a substitute for Him. And so I think just delighting in God, like reading His Word, read the Psalms. There's a lot of Psalms about just who God is and who He is for us and, and how satisfying a relationship with Him is. And um, and so if that's a real tendency for you, like if you see a pattern of that, like that, that's probably the heart attitude that needs to change is like, mm -hmm. I need to find my joy in God and my satisfaction in God. Mm -hmm. and, and when you do that, then you are going to be free to enjoy your relationships. Mm -hmm. That's really good. good. I was thinking similar things, you know, it's just like your joy, like everything on this earth is going to not, nothing will satisfy you but him. And so um, your job won't, your kids won't, your husband won't, your friends won't either. And so um, when they don't, because they won't, it's um, if your joy is tied up, you know, if, you're, if, you, if your joy is in Christ, then, like, then you won't be shaken. There won't be, like, mm -hmm. um, yeah. You, like, your feet it, are on the rock. Yeah, your feet are, like, it's like... 
when the storm comes, are you on the rock or are you on like the sand? It's if your joy is in Christ, like your rock's on the sand, and it's hard to think sometimes that Christ can really satisfy you, and that can be like, but will He satisfy me like they, you know, like He's supposed to? Um, and the answer is yes. Um, and so, like Bethany said, like reading the word and it might not feel like it's you open up you read a song you're like I don't feel satisfied but yeah but he will satisfy you just keep reading the word keep praying and um and he promises to and you can it's a promise that you can trust him to do and so you don't have to put that pressure on friendships that can't do it because he's the only one that will be able Mm -hmm. to um and he'll be able to carry all your burdens. Like your friends can't do that, but you can come to him with everything. And your husband can't carry everything. And, or your job can't fulfill all your desires and longings. But all of those are wrapped up with, with God. And the best thing about that is that he won't, <laughs> he won't forsake you. Um, so it's a pretty safe place to put your trust. Um, <coughs> So before we wrap up, I want to ask, how can we care and love for friends who don't follow God? Um, I think listening is just really, you know, just be that friend that's going to listen and remember and ask them questions about who they are and love on them well. Just love on non-Christians very intentionally and one way you can love on someone is just to listen to what their needs are and then ask them about it again and again and again and again and eventually you'll be that person that's the one loving on them and that's Christ's love to them Mm -hmm. Um, and so um, and be truthful with your life around them like don't be because that's attractive. I mean, it's Christ. Like, Christ in you is what is attracts people to Christ. You know, um, and so it's not how cool and fun and and how accommodating you are to their sin or to their things. It's how you love them and and kindness and and hospitality and um, just laying down your life for them and and just being different um, than what the world offers. And so you have a really unique opportunity to do that in college um, and or just in life as a Christian in general. But I think listening and is just a good place to start loving someone well. I think don't make a person a project. Um, I think if you're truly loving them, and praying for opportunity and sharing your life with them, they're going to see God in that. That Mm -hmm. doesn't mean keep it in and put it under a bushel or anything like that. But Mm -hmm. I think, you know, like if any of you guys have read like Rosaria Butterfield's um, conversion, you know, Mm -hmm. she was a very staunch lesbian. Um, She was desiring to write a book about Christianity. And so she started going over to dinner to this pastor's house and he, well, he invited her, and he just, and one of the things that was shocking to her is the first time she went over to dinners, he didn't even talk about the gospel aimed at her, and he was, she was surprised, 
And so over the course of two years, like she went over every week or every other week, she just saw their care for her. And then they just continued to live life around her. Mm-hmm. And they were complete, they were transparent. Mm-hmm. They were singing psalms around her and other people were being ministered to. And so you're one person and not a family. And so that looks a little bit different, but your authenticity and your love for that person mm-hmm. And then praying for opportunity to share scripture and share the Lord in a way that's appropriate to the situation. And by that time, you've built relationship with that person. And they're going to, I think they'll hear it a little bit different versus Mm -hmm. if I go out to dinner with you and then I'm going to share the gospel with you the first time I've met you or the first Mm -hmm. time we've sat down. That can be a little off-putting. And is, you know, what's what's love look like Mm -hmm. to them? I would just add, bring them into your Christian community. So Jesus said, they will know you're my disciples because of your love mm-hmm. for each other. And that's so, I mean, that's the testimony of BFC. You hear that all the time. I was just like, these people loved each other and they were so joyful. And so bring them around, your Christian friends. And I think that's just so compelling to the world. Yeah. Thanks, ladies. We're going to take a, like, three-minute break. So grab your coffee, go to the bathroom. and. Oh, <laughs> Um, so one of the first questions that was asked was how do you deal with conflict with friends Um, and how do you specifically love people you don't get along with like you would say "Um, me and her nah our personalities like don't match how would you encourage that person that would say that well I don't think we have a choice let's start there Um, doesn't mean that I do that well I don't but I think, I mean, God calls us to love people, right? Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't matter if they get along with us or not, or even mm-hmm. if they're awful people or not, mm-hmm. right? We're still called to, to walk like Jesus walked. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's my good. first thought. Conflict is challenging. And I think it's hard because in, as friends, the world would say, if I don't like you, I don't have to deal with this. And if you've hurt my feelings, I can just leave. Mm-hmm. And that's not how God wants us to be. Mm-hmm. So we have a responsibility to walk out conflict and, and resolve it. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think about what that looks like. It's hard and it's scary. Um, but God, I think we have to look up and ask for help from the Lord in that. Mm-hmm. And, and walk it out so talk to your friend even if she's you know we can be stuffers or we can be explosive in how we respond and so different and then maybe one of you does it one way and one of you does it the other and so then you're like one runs away and the other one's like ah you know um, that doesn't change your responsibility to resolve it Um, so I don't know if I've answered I just described a lot of things around it but just ask for help from the Lord mm-hmm. and pursue your friend in humility. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, what is it that talks about? I can't remember the scripture reference, but it's like, you know, don't be pulling the, the you know, the little um, splinter out of your friend's eye when you've got a plank in your own. Mm-hmm. So you want to ask the Lord, what's going on in me? What have I brought to this situation? Mm-hmm. What is there stuff that I need to repent of here and just to be able to throw that out on the as part of this conversation. Mm-hmm. So. I hear two things. So one is conflict, which you address well. And I think James is helpful here where it's like, what causes fights and quarrels? It's your passions at war. 
within you. And so when you have conflict with someone else, you're wanting something that you're not getting. What you're wanting may not be sinful. So you want them to respect you or be kind to you or be considerate of you. But if you're at war with the person, then you want it too much because they matter more than what you want. And so um, I think just recognizing, like, what, is, what, what am I craving? What do I want in this conflict? And asking the Lord to help you, um, you know, think through that biblically. Um, you know, is it something sinful? Okay, you need to confess and ask the Lord to help with that. If it's something good that you just want too much, ask him to confess, ask the Lord to help you with that. Um, and that can really help just dealing with your own side because mm-hmm. we, the Bible says, be at peace with everyone as much as it's up to you because sometimes you're not going to resolve every conflict. Mm-hmm. You do as much as you can and the other person doesn't respond. Like you can go forward knowing that you, you did what was required of you by scripture. And so I think just dealing with your own heart, your own passions that were within you, 90% of the problem may be them, but you can own your 10% ask forgiveness and and then hopefully they will also meet you there in that and then as far as like not liking or getting along it may or may not be connected you really could just not hit it off and um i think that's fine i think the main thing is like we are called to unity in christ church it's huge it's massively um a huge category in the new testament church like you are to walk in unity and so it's fine if you're not united in your like preferences or personality, or what you read, or watch, or listen to, Um, and so those things are secondary, like, they're just, you can say, we're united in Christ, we love God, we love the Bible, we like our church, you know, there's pretty much nothing else there, (laughs) like, that's fine, like, you don't have to, like, get along with everybody at a deep level Mm -hmm. to be united with them in Christ and in the, in the body, so. Mm -hmm. That's really good. Um, I love what you said about it's just you don't have a choice. Like we're in the body of Christ together, and um, and also like when you don't resolve conflict, you let bitterness grow in you, and that's just not what you want. You know, uh, you don't want bitterness to take root in you. So um, seek to resolve conflict, and like they were saying, like but start with yourself, examine yourself first, and you can have a friend out without you know. You can just you can ask like where have I been wrong or where have I wronged you and just hear about you know um not that every conflict will be resolved perfectly but um but seek to and still love them well you know um and um and yeah you don't have to like you don't have to be buddy buddy like you said with everyone in the church we're all different and we're all unique and um but our bond like Bethany said is with is because of what Christ has done for us, so um, you can still love them and serve with them, and um, you know, and, and be kind. You don't have to like just yeah. Just I mean that's kind of self-explanatory, but I didn't add much. But you can ask me questions. <laughs> good. Um, so and. In terms of talking about accountability um, or fellowship, um, one area that's often not talked about for women is sexual sin, um, like lust and pornography. So how would you, like, encourage us to break into those conversations to um, push forth and seek each other out for those types of hard conversations? I'm so glad you asked that question. 
whoever asked it. I'm glad. Um, I think we should not be afraid of talking about this. There is a particular shame that women feel over lust and sexual <laughs> sin. Because something in whatever that just feels particularly shameful. But no temptation has overtaken you except that which is common to man or a woman. And Titus 2 says older women are to teach younger women to be pure. That means that we can be impure. And so I think mm-hmm. I'm passionate that older women are ready and not embarrassed by or shocked by mm-hmm. confessions of sexual sin be they lust, pornography, homosexuality, like all of that. I think finding someone that you trust, um, someone mature, um, probably Mm -hmm. older, um, but not necessarily older. I think that's big. And I think, I mean, I I can grow in this and um, I think we can all grow, but I think just having the humility to talk about it is Mm -hmm. really important Mm -hmm. because you cannot pretend that this is not an issue for women. And so... Mm -hmm. um, I'd say be bold and humble. It'll be awkward. That's okay. I love be bold and humble because, like, sin is something God can help us with. You know, it's like we can lay all of our sins down at the cross. It doesn't matter if it's gossip or sexual sin. It's sin that he's Mm -hmm. defeated at the cross. So we can go confidently to him Mm -hmm. with those sins too. And you don't have to be more ashamed of those things either. So, um... So, yeah, and um, please pursue someone that, and, like, if you go to our church, you know, the older women or um, the interns can point you to somebody that would just help you pray and repent and and just fight it. Because some sins are just something you fight over time, and it's, um, but you can fight it over time, and that's um, what we're called to do, so, um think I think you guys both addressed it very well from the person approaching someone else with this I think if you're the person being approached Mm -hmm. like if somebody comes to you and talks to you about this I think the first thing you have to go is exactly what Bethany said there's no sin that's uncommon to man Mm -hmm. so you have to go okay I may never have dealt with this before that doesn't mean there's anything (coughs) I don't I want to say the word wrong but that sin is not uncommon mm-hmm. or unusual. So, you know, give them grace. You know, God gave you grace. Mm-hmm. You know, he knows the depths of our hearts and the yeah. messes in there. I mean, I'm sure we all have things in our hearts that we really wouldn't want to be necessarily broadcast because we're so whoever's coming to you is in that situation where they might be feeling that same way. So, Use the compassion that Christ gave to you mm-hmm. to give extend to them, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I really—that's the big thing—is yeah. just love mm-hmm. your sister who's coming to you, mm-hmm. um, and listen. Even if you don't have a clue what to do with that, mm-hmm. just listen, right? Mm-hmm. And be willing to pray for them and with them. Um, ask them what they're, you know, what are you, you know? It may be that okay, I'm really struggling with this one thing can you pray for me and ask me about this next week after I interact with this person or something like that? You know, it may not be, how do I get out of this and how do we fix all this? It may just be something small. So, mm-hmm. you know, draw that person out. Listen, listen to them and just pray. You know, mm-hmm. I think about Old Testament talks about Nehemiah. You know, he was the cupbearer to the king. And 
you know, his face was fallen. And the, the king says, why is your face fallen? I think in that, that scripture, it talks about he prayed to the Lord before he spoke to the king, because what you say to the king is really important. And so in the midst of hard situations or conversations where you're clueless or you, you want to love your sister, but you just cry out to God and say, Lord, help me to hear. Give me the words to speak or not to speak. And just, you know, listen to your friend and love her through that. And there's so much grace. I mean, it's it's sin. It's serious, but it's just like any other sin. When you repent, God forgives you of it, and he wants to help you grow. And God gives grace to the humble, and when you confess your sins to one another, like, he's going to give you grace. And so I think that it should be a hopeful thought, you know, bringing this into the light, having this very humbling conversation <laughs> with someone. God wants to give me grace, and I care about that more than the awkwardness of having the conversation. Um, I think there's just a lot of hope there. And the very fact that you'd even want to, like, confess sin to someone is just, like, such a mark of God's spirit work in you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's you should just be so encouraged that the Holy Spirit is bringing to light sin because he wants you to change and that it's just like God love that's God's love and care for you that he would even give you the desire to repent and so um or change or um confess so be encouraged when you have the desire to confess sin and not be discouraged yeah I do have one more last little thing to say about that um I'm just trying to find it you know um so just to encourage anyone out here who may be struggling with that, you know, this is out of Hebrews 4. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So I just, I just really have a heart that people who are struggling with that Jesus has experienced every temptation. So what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what you're wrestling with, he knows personally. He walked this earth. He experienced that temptation. He did not submit, succumb to it. He was without sin. So you have a God who can relate to where you are, and he's willing to hear you. So I just, just that's mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. burden. So. Well, that's all the time that we have for questions. And I just want to say thank you, (laughs) ladies, for coming and sacrificing your time and loving and caring for us and speaking truth into our lives. So can we give them a round of applause?